Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study, about 13, 14 minutes usually, but every day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word. And that helps us to stay strong in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. It also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and upon our spiritual lives. And it helps us to have a more spiritual, positive mindset to be able to deal with all that life throws at us every day. Help people in your life by sharing these studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, and other means, other technological means. You may help somebody turn their life around, come to God, even get to heaven. Great blessing for them, but also for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're gonna get back into our line of thought and study. We're making the statement and then following that with a question. Sunday's coming. Are you? Now, as I said, whatever day you might be listening to this particular podcast, this Bible study, Sunday's not far off. If you're listening to it on a Monday, well, you're only talking about well, another six days. If you're listening to it on a Tuesday, you're only talking about another five days or so. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Even if you're listening to it on a Sunday, you're only talking about seven days away till the next Sunday. Now, what are we talking about when we say Sunday's coming? Are you? We're talking about, are you going to be with the Lord's church, worshiping God, remembering the death of his son, your Lord and Savior on the cross? Are you going to be there in fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ? You see, those are important questions. Sunday's coming. Are you? As I said, a lot of people, they don't really want to have to think much about church. They, in their mind, they don't need church. They don't want to be a part of a church. They don't want to have to face the responsibility. They would consider it an inconvenience probably, you know, to have to be at church services every Sunday. Well, is that the way we ought to, that with that kind of negative mindset? Is that the way we ought to be thinking about church services on Sunday, worshiping God on Sunday, being with the church on Sunday, studying God's Word on Sunday? Why is the church here? Well, we've talked about that. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And even the gates of Hades or the powers of death, even the fact that he would die on the cross shortly after he said that was not going to stop the church being established on the face of this earth. Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 and 19. Now, the church also, as we noted, is identified as the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Do you think the church with that lofty and really deified identity to a great extent, do you think that's not important for you to be a part of? We, we talked about how in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, how we were encouraged, in fact, we were instructed to hold fast to our confession of faith without wavering, and how we are to encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ to love and to be involved in good works. Now, those are verses 23, and then verse 24, and then verse 25 gives us a basic means to accomplish both of those responsibilities and instructions, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but all the more as you see the day approaching. Well, I want us to look at some specific benefits, blessings, some specific 
uh, and I guess we could call them blessings from God in, in, in maybe in the most effective way that go with being with the church, worshiping God and studying his word every Sunday, every first day of the week, every Lord's Day, as it is referred to. Well, going back to Hebrews 10, verses 23 through 25, again, the Hebrews writer, and this is God's word now, so this is God speaking to us. And so he says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Now, what is our confession of hope? We believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior, God's Son, our Lord. And through him, we can come to God and receive forgiveness and salvation and eternal life in heaven. That's the basic crux of our hope. Verse 24, let us consider one another. Now, one another who? Neighbor next door? No. Somebody you work with on the job? No one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our fellow Christians, our fellow members of the Lord's church. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Now, how do I accomplish both of those? Holding fast to my confession of hope in Christ, and how can I have a good, positive, edifying or building up effect upon my brothers and sisters in Christ, and they upon me? Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. And so being there on Sunday with the church, as the church comes together to worship God and study together and be in fellowship together. I want us to consider some various texts of Scripture that talk about blessings that are accomplished through our being together in worship to God every Sunday, every Lord's Day, every first day of the week. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19, Paul says, now he's writing this to members of the church. He says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, So I have a responsibility as we come together to worship God in song, in the words of those songs, the messages that those songs communicate, I'm speaking to my brothers and sisters in Christ. They're speaking to me. We're doing so through the words and messages of those psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that we're singing together in our hearts and praising God through those songs, worshiping him, but we're also communicating vital spiritual messages through the words of those songs. Now, you see, how can I do that if I'm not with my brothers and sisters in Christ when they come together to worship God as the church? We look also in Colossians 3 and verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Again, we worship God through song as we come together as the church, and we, in that setting and for that purpose, we're also, we're not just singing words, we're not just singing melody, but we're singing messages messages of praise to God. In some cases, some of the songs we sing and worship are actual prayers. But we're also 
teaching one another through those songs and hymns and spiritual songs, those psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We're speaking to one another. We're encouraging one another. We're communicating those messages conveyed through the words of those psalms. When Paul was about, the Apostle Paul, when he was about to be executed, it would seem, as he was in prison in Rome for the second time, simply for being a gospel preacher, an apostle of Jesus Christ, teaching the gospel of Christ to people everywhere. He writes to Timothy in chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, beginning with verse 1, and he says, I charge you. Now, and and he's, he's writing this with strong, not just instruction, but emotion too, I think we can say. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the, li- the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Now, preach the word. When is preaching done? Well, primarily, we think of preaching being done as the church comes together to worship God and study his word, to teach his word. And Paul says, you, you preach the word, and it's said with emphasis there, when it's in season and out of season, when it's easy, when it's not easy, when it's popular, when it's not popular, when it's well-received, when it's not well-received. You just keep preaching the word. And he adds statements of emphasis, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, true doctrine, true teachings of God's word, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Now, what is Paul saying essentially there? There's going to come a time, because the devil's always working to try to break us down in our faith and faithfulness to God and in our dedication to God, and so Paul says it's going to come a time when people are going to be turned away from the truth of God's word. Let me tell you, we are in one of those times in our country right now. A growing number of people, they don't, now they may, most of them may still say, oh, I want God in my life. I want Jesus in my life. But they don't want to have to live a life of commitment to God in Jesus by following or living by the teachings of the Bible, which is God's very word. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, and they don't want the church in their life. Now, maybe in some kind of way off in the back back shelf, top shelf of their mind, maybe it's still there, and okay, if I ever need the church, then I want to be able to, you know, latch on to it in a moment of, you know, tragedy or something. But they don't want it to be there in a regular basis. It's not in their mind. It's not in their head. They don't want to have to be in services, church services, worshiping God, singing together, being together, fellowshipping together every Sunday. No, that, that's, that's an inconvenience for them. They want to be able to sleep in. They want to be able to go picnicking. They want to be able to go uh, you know, play baseball or, or have a good time in the park someplace or make visits to friends and family and you know whatever. But they don't want to have to, in their mind, be responsible for being at worship services every Sunday. So they just put it out of their mind. And they'll say things, well, I don't, I don't think you have to go to church to be a, a Christian. 
uh, again, why did Jesus say, upon this rock, I will build my church? Why is the church here? Why is the church identified as the body of Christ? Why is the church identified in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15 as the house of God, the pillar and ground of truth, the household of God, of the living God? Why is it described in those lofty terms if it's not important for us? God sent his son to establish this church because he knew humanity needs it. Now, Sunday's coming. Are you? Sunday's coming. Where will you be? You need to think about that. We'll conclude our study next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to tear apart, to wipe off our eyes those cobwebs of darkness that the devil has been so successful in blinding us with at times. Help us to remove that veil of untruth that the devil has tried to cloud our vision with and come to realize we need your church. We need to be an active part of your church. And that's part of what guides us to eternal life with you in heaven. It's part of what keeps us strong in our faith and dedication. And help us to be that good, positive example to others around us as well, Father, please. Please, Father, please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.